song <laughs> but that's not true Saskatchewan Saskatchewan uh hi everyone hello welcome to young adult af I'm Darcy Alburn I'm Shelby Parento uh and today on YAAF it ain't easy being green <laughs> that's right it's Tithe the fucking OG urban fantasy book by Holly Black we're so excited I'm really excited. So mine, I'm really embarrassed, and I wasn't going to say it, but mine was Don't Go Roybin My Heart. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so, like, Don't Go Robin My yeah, Heart. Yeah, yeah. I know it doesn't make any sense, but once I got it in my head, I couldn't get it out. That's how these happen. That's how these opening lines happen, is that I think of something while I'm reading the book, and then I can't stop yeah. saying it to myself all day. Like, every time something happens in this book, I'm like, ain't easy being green. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, uh, quick, quick, uh, like, back of the book thing. Uh, I don't want to steal the format from Teen Creeps, which is an amazing podcast. I'm sure that if you're listening to this, you have already heard of it, or you are directly related to us. Um... (laughs) They do YA pulp fiction, so they do everything before the 2000s, um, but they read the back of the book cover, and this time I want to read it because it's so not what the book is about <laughs> at all. Um, mostly I wanted to read this headline, so if you turn over the book, it has like, um, what are those books, Shelby, with the really scary cover? Goosebumps? Um, no, scarier. But scarier than Goosebumps. Yes, it's like scary stories or... Oh, real... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with like they have black and white I just took a picture of the book at Klingle so we can post it. Yeah, yeah, exactly those. You guys know what I'm talking about. The green ribbon thing. Um, and they have this like red font on some of them. It's that, but green. And it says, welcome to the realm of very scary fairies. <laughs> Um, Okay, so the synopsis on the back of the book says, 16-year-old Kay, K-A-Y-E, is a modern nomad. It doesn't spell it. I just spelled it, and also this isn't part of it. Um, Okay, so 16-year-old Kay is a modern nomad. Fierce and independent, she travels from city to city with her mother's rock band until an ominous attack forces Kay back to her childhood home. Just to be clear, this is half of the description, and that is literally the first three pages of the book. There, amid the industrial blue-collar New Jersey backdrop, Kay soon finds herself an unwilling pawn in an ancient power struggle between two rival fairy kingdoms, a struggle that could very well mean her death. Dun, 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 dun. Like, it's not technically inaccurate, it just doesn't, it doesn't really, really capture yeah. the situation. This was this was early in what we consider to be the genre, so I feel like they were just like trying to get like kids to pick it up. For the very scary fairies. Very scary fairies. 
Um, yeah, so the title is Tithe. The subtitle is A Modern Fairy Tale. From henceforth, fairy being spelled F-A-E-R-I-E. So not like F-A-R-I-E. Yes. Um, and it's by Holly Black, and she has a ton of material out there. I actually found out the other day that she has an early fairy series that I have not read. Um, this was her first book, though. I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, that's what I always thought, but I looked up this other thing called um, The Darkest Part of the Forest. I thought that was after. Right after this. That makes sense. Um, So lots of stuff taking place in either urban or, like, modern settings, but related to, like, the realm of fairy, um, including a new release called The Cruel Prince that everyone is super fucking stoked about, and um, the upcoming sequel, which is The Wicked King. I think it's a duology, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> hey, <Jai> Jai. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I read The Cruel Prince. It's amazing. Um, I, like, didn't ap- really appreciate the book until I was done with it like it was weird and I think the reason for that is because Tithe is so good um it's just a very different like type of protagonist and type of story but definitely recommend we'll probably talk about it at some point so if you want to be ahead of the curve check it out this book came out in 2002 Shelby what were you doing in 2002 oh I think (laughs) I was uh in middle school, I was we selling. Yeah, I was selling drugs and calling them M and M's. What? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't smoking drugs. Not the opposite way around. <laughs> no, I wasn't smoking them. I thought you said your dad was gonna listen to this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cut that out. And I already cursed one time. Okay, well, our dad score is low, but <laughs> all right. Um, I was not doing that. I was probably reading Tithe alone in my bedroom, <laughs> making no noise and pretending that I wasn't there. See, I think I waited. I didn't read it right when it came out. I read I it when I was in Maryland. And yeah. that's when I was alone in my room with only fairies for friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's to our lonely, wasted youth. <laughs> we are also doing a shout-out today to the beer that we're drinking and especially to the nice man who tried <laughs> to help us pick out a beer at Divines, D apostrophe Vines, in Columbia Heights in D.C. Um, it's called the Ghost Ride D.A. Um, Ghost Ride Da. Ride. Oh. <laughs> I miss Motorcycle Queen. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I was literally, my next sentence was, they misspelled IPA on this can. Um, it's a white rye India pale ale. 6.9% alcohol by volume. Not so bad. But we got it because we'll be talking about a character that relates to it deeply, but I won't <laughs> skip ahead quite yet. Um, Firestarter-wise, uh, there are two... There are lots of groups of fairies in Holly Black's universe, um, but there are two like kingdoms, like courts, the Seely and the Unseely. They're both evil as shit, but one of them is fancy and pretty, and one of them is just pretty open about their situation. So the fire starter is which one would you be in? I think kind of 
So part of me wants to say unsealy because why are you going to hide what you're doing anyways? But also, I'm non-confrontational, <laughs> so I think I would like to pretend to be nice. Yeah, <laughs> they're super passive-aggressive. Yeah. The Sealy yeah. Court is, like, invented, like, um, what is the, what's it called? Uh, the Importance of Being Earnest. It's like a comedy of manners up there. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, I think I, I agree with both of those things. I don't hate for stuff to be nice and beautiful. Yeah. Um, and also some scaly stuff <laughs> happens in the Unsealy Court, as we will find out. And then my other fire starter was, what type of fairy creature would you want to be? Um, I think I would be scared to be something small. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite color is green, though, mm-hmm. so maybe I'll just go full pixie with it. Yeah. I mean, pixie is seems like a pretty good one after this book because, spoiler alert, <laughs> Kay's a pixie. Spoilers for everything, by the way. Um, I actually meant to do a Shadowhunters recap at the top of the show, but we'll just see if I have time at the end to just Ooh. do a quick... Are they getting into fairy stuff in Shadowhunters yet? Oh, they're into all the stuff. Um cool. See, now I'm off the rails. <laughs> okay, quick look. We'll time it. Three-minute Shadowhunters situation. Okay. So I have always sworn, we have always said that we would not watch the Shadowhunters TV show, but then I got the stomach flu, and I wanted to watch it, so I started watching it, and now I think it's the best thing ever. <laughs> it's obviously terrible in some aspects but it's secretly super woke which is awesome like there's a lot of diversity in the characters and like they deal with a lot of things very well like stuff that does come up in the books like I think they have to make a more conscious effort in the show so like that's good um oh I can't even talk about Dominic Sherwood because he'll never be Jace to me and he's a very nice some other character but he's just not he's too nice he's super nice you can't be nice you can't be nice um and obviously JCB forever uh (laughs) however I I'm just not gonna say his name because I don't think I know it um but the the I know it but I'm scared to pronounce it wrong but the actor who plays Alec Lightwood is the most beautiful creature that I've ever seen. Like, I don't really always understand it when girls are like, oh, I just watched this bad show because the guy is so attractive. Like, I am usually not paying enough attention. But, like, I would just watch him do <laughs> stuff. Like, I really would. Um, yeah. So, uh, again, spoiler alert for... Shadowhunters, but I've just been enjoying telling Shelby like the awesome stuff that they are keeping from the world of the Mortal Instruments. Shadowhunters is a TV show based on a book series <laughs> called The Mortal Instruments that we've recorded two episodes that we can't release about because I'm too emotional. Um, yeah, so the the villain in the third season is Lilith. Oh wow! Right. All right. And the actress is great. Like, there, I'm only, there's only four or five episodes out so far, but yes, bang up job. Look, that was two minutes. Anyway, more on that <laughs> at a different okay. date. What kind of fairy would I be? I don't know. It would be cool to be a knight. Yeah. Scary, though. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> 
high mortality rate. High mortality rate. Uh, yeah. Being a Kelpie would be pretty rad. <laughs> Just kidding. I, like, thought about that because it would be rad, but it's also... That scene, like, still haunts me. I know. That's the so. first scene that I think of in this, like, book every time. Um, okay. So then we'll start talking about the actual book. Um... As the back of the book does get accurately, um, Kay is fierce and independent. She is a bad bitch. She's probably one of my favorite uh, female characters in all of the stuff yeah. that we read. She was the first, like, wild card that I ever read about. It wasn't like, um, like Belle, I like to read books. <laughs> I'm nice. Yeah. Uh, still, like, I mean, she is more... Uh, like, independent and knows herself and is, like, fleshed out better than characters in books that are coming out now, I think. Um, she doesn't really travel city to city with her mother's band. They just live in Philly is the, the situation as far as I read it. Um, so her mom's in a band. She's a pretty big mess. Kay is uh, a high school dropout. I think she dropped out when she was 14 because they were just... The way she describes it in the book is just moving between different neighborhoods in Philly and, like, crashing with people, and eventually she lost track of being able to re-register when they moved. Um, and there's, like, an initial incident in the first chapter where the guy that her mom is dating, who's obviously a shitty guy in a band, um, tries to stab her, and it's, like, very mysterious, and, like, you know something magical is going on which causes them to move back to New Jersey. I think it's somewhere near the shore. Because um, I know the geography yeah. of New Jersey No, it's definitely so Jersey well. Shore. But, yeah. Um, and that kind of, like, starts the whole thing rolling. So she hasn't lived there since she was little. Um, and she kind of tries to get back in with her best friend from when she was growing up, who is a girl named Janet. Allow me to read you a passage <laughs> to describe Janet. <clears throat> the water's freezing, Janet said, sighing, and your hair is fucked up, Kay. When we get there, you have to be cool. Don't seem weird. Guys don't like weird. Thanks, Janet. Thanks a <laughs> Damn lot it, for that. Janet. Damn it, Janet. So, Janet's, like, just trying to live her life, though, and just be, like, a normal girl, and, like, she's boy crazy, and, like, that's not really... <clears throat> uh, Holly doesn't really... Holly Black, the author of the book... <laughs> Doesn't really portray it as a bad thing, but basically her and Kay's relationship is never going to work out. They're always, like, fighting over Kay doing a weird thing or something because she's, like, cool and mystical. And I think it's mostly a function of, like, showing that people don't get her thing. Like, she's... She owns it, but she, like, considers herself to be weird. People have always told her that, and she just kind of leaned in instead of trying to... Like, she's not upset about it, but she considers herself, like, on the outside. She um, also is half Japanese, but has blonde hair. Um, and that's another reason, one, that people think she's weird. But something that's really interesting, I think, in the early chapters of the book is we get into a lot how Kay has been 
kind of like sexualized by boys her age um like they she's never she's kind of like sad that she's never the person that they want to date but people like make comments to her a lot um there's one scene where they're hanging out with like boys from that go to the high school but that are in their age range and one of them asks her what flavor of asian are you and she's like basically like oh yeah that's just like how like people talk to Asian women and it's like a weird like it's a very weird like thing that people have about it um so she doesn't like really date or like feel like she's able to participate in like the boy craziness um shortly after that um when she is back in Jersey She's hanging out, drinking and stuff with Janet and some high school boys, um, and she finds this old carousel, which is another freaking iconic the scene from so this, good, so from this good, book. yeah. So they're like in an old carnival that's like shut down, and it's I think it's I don't know what time of year it is. Doesn't matter, um, <laughs> but it's shut down, and she goes in the back and finds this old carousel horse, and it's really cool. And she's sitting on it, and Janet's boyfriend comes in the back room, and Kay is imagining that it's a real horse, and he freaks out because he sees a real horse, and he's like, what? How did you do that? And then he, like, becomes inspelled. What's the word Enthralled? Enthralled? No. That's not the word. In... be charmed yeah (laughs) he's he's bewitched (laughs) um he uh, he like goes to like make out with her and entranced yeah entranced is good (laughs) and like it all happens very fast but i think it's an important scene especially in light of like how far the genre has come and the current 2018 situation in the world to talk about he touches her vagina. <laughs> I don't know if I really I, understood I, that. I don't remember that. So I thought he just tried to kiss her. He puts his hand on her thigh, but he's it's like describes him like touching the cotton of her underwear. Oh shit. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and so she like jumps up. It sl- semi breaks the entrancelment. <laughs> um, and but he like Basically, she accidentally, like, charmed him, so obviously the vision of the horse goes away, but he suddenly is, like, obsessed with her. So she's trying to run out of the room, and he, like, grabs her, and her shirt rips. So it's this very weird, like, scene where he is not, like, he doesn't pursue her when she leaves the room, and it's kind of an accident that the shirt rips. But it's just this, like, very kind of relatable moment where something weird happened with a guy that you know you're not even like supposed to be alone in a room with or whatever and you're like why did why am I in this situation and like she doesn't know how to feel about it she doesn't really even dislike the guy and she's kind of like flattered and a little bit whatever I don't know I just think that's a lot of like depth for like an opening scene that really like could have just served the purpose of like setting up events that happen later but I think it's cool that Holly Black like maximized it and made it this other layer of like what it's like to be a teenage girl that doesn't feel like like she doesn't feel like she can go tell her friend 
what happened and like be honest with her because she's like this outsider so I don't know I didn't remember the like depth of the scene but that one always stuck out to me um then as she's walking home in the rain feeling confused and upset about this she sees a boy a man she sees a man he is legitimately laying in a gutter like he is like laying in a ditch um he is clearly a fairy um when Kay was little she would like play with the fairies and everyone told her that it was made up and imaginary friends and whatever but as soon as she sees him she's like yes I was never she doesn't ever really doubt that she was wrong but like she's like oh it's all real again um, so he's very clearly Fay, and he has been shot, and um, she helps him pull out the arrow that he's been shot with. Do you want to describe him? Um, <laughs> he's tall and beautiful with long silver hair. Um, the BuzzFeed article I read today showed a picture of Legolas <laughs> to describe him. That's like exactly the hairstyle in some parts too like he puts up half of it oh no uh and he's wearing black armor and so she's like never seen a fairy that's like part of one of the courts before and she kind of makes the assumption that that's what the situation is she helps him call the the aforementioned kelpie to um help him like get somewhere safe because he's bleeding to death um and the kelpie is super fucking creepy it's like gray mottled like seal skin and it is really scary and tries to drown everyone every time that it appears yeah i'm pretty sure as a kid i had nightmares about the kelpie i just can picture it so clearly um it helps Oh, his name's Roybin. Did we say that? <clears throat> no, I guess we didn't. <laughs> Oops. Whoops. Uh, well, that's his name. And an important fact is that fairies don't like to tell their names. Um, and Kay mentions this when they trade names. She's like, fairies don't even like to give part of their names. So I know that, like, he really needs assistance. Um, so he rides off on the Kelpie. And Kay goes home. And her mom and her grandmother are fighting. And another, like, good three-dimensional part of Kay is that her home life is, like, actually very bad and not good. Um, like, not only have they been moving around, it's not really revealed until later that she dropped out of school. But when they are in this, like, one stable environment she's ever had, her grandmother basically yells at her mom constantly for being a screw-up and says that Kay's going to end up just like her and, like, wants her to go to school and, like, you know, not be a wild child. But her mom is like, no, she can, like, make her own decisions. And you're kind of like, well, no, that's a bad idea. But it's okay because she's going to turn out to not be a human child, so it doesn't actually matter if she goes to high school. Must be nice. (laughs) Um, and then, oh, so when she helps Roybin, he says he'll answer three questions that she has as, like, a form of payment. 
If you guys aren't super familiar with the laws of fairy, uh, I don't know how to help you because we can't explain them all <laughs> right now. There's a lot. But yeah, they're very into like promises. So when he says that, it's like a big deal. Well, also because they can't fly. So, interesting question. I think that, I don't know if Holly Black covers that in this book. No, that's Ironside. Yeah, so they haven't really mentioned it in this book. So, it turns out that Kay is a pixie, but she's also a changeling, which means that someone came and stole baby Kay Fierch out of her little crib and replaced her with a fairy pixie. Who's glamoured. And puts a very heavy glamour on her to make her look like a human. And this one is, everyone's always saying and through the whole book, like, oh, that's a really thick glamour. Because um, <laughs> she can, like, do, she can touch iron, which burns fairies. Um, and I'm assuming that that's why she can lie. But there are other fairies in this that I think sort of do. But maybe there's just good loopholes, because they're really good at it. Well, super spoiler for the like the whole end of Ironside is that she doesn't actually lie, right? So, but they're so hmm, um super quickly. There are two other books in the not just in the Holly Black universe, but like in the Tide series. The second one is called Valiant, and it's different characters, but it like sort of loops in mm. and then well, some of them come like louise comes back for ironside and i think in other stuff too like definitely in her short stories and there's even a moment in one of the mortal instruments books where they're driving and they drive by val and louise um <laughs> cool yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I don't know. I think it's kind of ambiguous in the first book, and that must might just be a function of her like not fully having decided like where she, if she wants that like to yeah. factor in. Um, but it's at least like shown that like fairies are very like true to their word, and they like take things you say out loud very seriously. So like when he says, "I'll answer three questions as best as I possibly can," like it's a big deal. Um, so, this means that she knows she's going to see him again, so she's stoked. The next day, ah, all of these scenes are, like, burned into my brain. (laughs) I know. Not just because we've read it a million times, but because they're good. Um, I tweeted, actually, from our account the other day when I realized that I have been buying copies of Tithe and giving them away and buying a new one for one decade. That's wild. Isn't that wild? I'm pissed that nobody (laughs) retweeted it. You guys can suck it. Um, So, this scene is in a diner um, in town. And she's, like, kind of trying to make up with Janet and, like, smooth things over. And the boyfriend's there and it's awkward. And he, like, pulls her aside into the bathroom. And she realizes then that he's been bedeviled. And he, like, tries to make out with her. Janet's pissed. And just when you think things can't get any worse, um, a very tall goth boy rolls up, and everyone's like, who's this metalhead? But it's actually Roy <laughs> <laughs> And he's, like, in a slightly human glamour, but he doesn't really care. 
And they started talking, and she asked one of her questions. And then he's like, you better be careful how you use the second one. And he's kind of pissing her off. And she knows that fairies don't like to tell their names, but she doesn't really know why. And she's like, tell me your name, dude. And he tells her. And he's like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And what Kay doesn't realize is if you know a fairy's full name, they have to do everything you say if you say their name. So in my notes, I have Rath Royben Rye, be my boyfriend. Please don't tell my real boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) He's not listening to this. Um, so yeah that's his full name now you all know now he's screwed um also why we're drinking yes a rye ipa yes ghost ride (laughs) okay i get it now (laughs) um yeah and it's a white rye ipa which is important because of his long luscious locks luscious locks (laughs) um so she finds out his name, and he looks clearly pissed, but she still doesn't really understand the situation. Until she says, Rath, Robin, Rye, kiss my ass. And he <laughs> fucking <laughs> throws so her over, pulls down her jeans, and kisses her butt cheek. And everyone in the booth is like, damn! <laughs> like, you guys know that um, the meme, the gif, where the guy's like, <gasps> And he falls through the frame. That's what everyone's like. And they like run over and they're like, what the hell? And she's pissed and she's like, who do you think you are? And he's like, says some witty fairy shit and walks out. And she's like, what just happened? So she doesn't know that she did something crazy. But she's really upset. But she also still wants to see him again. And also Janet's still being really upset with her too. So that kind of sucks. Um. The reason that Janet is actually important, that it's important that after this, the next day they do actually make up, is because her brother (laughs) actually becomes the sidekick of the story. And his name is Corny. (laughs) Short for Cornelius. Um, He's very unpleasant. Oh, yeah. Uh, One of the only things that doesn't age well in this book, because honestly, mostly everything in it could take place today. Like, besides the fact that no one has a cell phone, it could all fit, except there is a scene where Corny's driving through town alone in his car and pretending to shoot all of the other kids from his high school. So, like, it's that does not age well, obviously, and it's super disturbing to read. But I bring it up to point out that he's a super dark character. Like, he's yeah. really in a bad place. Um, he, like, lives with his mom and his shitty sister Janet and (laughs) his mom's husband and it's all in a trailer together it's like very fraught home situation he is just like Kay like a total outsider but he has the total opposite reaction like he just takes it really badly and like resents everybody he works at a gas station um, oh man, I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, and he just like feels really bad for himself. And it's important that it's a gas station in New Jersey because he has to That's put gas, gas in the cars. <laughs> yes, yes. For those of you that have never been to New Jersey before, <laughs> they have a very strange custom in which there's no, maybe there is now in modern times, I don't know, but there's no self service gas stations really. No, Someone Oregon's puts the same way. The gas in your car. What? Yeah, it was miserable. I've never heard of that in my life. It's so strange. Um, such are the ways of fairy. <laughs> so 
Corny and Kay sort of become friends because she kind of gets him and gets his dark sense of humor. She, like, is looking for Janet one day and they, they start hanging out a little bit. And he comes out to Kay and she never really clarifies or is sure if he has come out to his family. It's just sort of something he, like, tells her and it's like a bonding moment for them. But obviously it's 2002 in the Jersey Shore, so like he's probably not out at school and that's a large part of his struggle. Uh, and then some other stuff happens and then um, Kay finally reconnects with her imaginary but real friends from childhood, um, Spike and Ludie Lou. <laughs> Oh my god, she's the best. She, Ludie Lou is like the prototypical fairy. She's tiny and beautiful and she glows and has like puffy cotton candy hair and beautiful wings. And she like ties knots in Kay's hair and like sings songs and like sits on her shoulder and stuff. Um... She is like when I was reading this originally, like you that's like the you fairy friend. Be her. Yeah, that you wanna be. That wouldn't be a bad small fairy to have, to be, I mean. I know, I still I have anxiety about things that are bigger than me. So Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> scary. But I feel like in the Unseelie court you can kind of like, and like fly <laughs> above the situation. So the other friend that she reunites with is Spike, who's like a little hobnobble. I don't oh, know yeah. the name. But he's just what like a little called? guy. Um, a hobgoblin is a thing, yeah. but I don't think that's what he is. Okay. But he's just like a little guy. <laughs> um, he's described as acting like a sparrow a couple of times. I don't have a clear picture. But, unfortunately, one, her third fairy friend from her childhood, Gristle, has passed away. And that is kind of what, like, started this whole situation. So she finds out that the unseely court killed Gristle. And now... I was just going to say, we should mention that these are all solitary fae. Yes. They so have no allegiance to a court. Right. But they are like subject to the wrath of the unseely court currently I, I think it's locational maybe i don't know there's like a big ass feud between the seely and unseely courts i think that probably is pretty apparent from the names yeah. um in every book that ever mentions very <laughs> yeah there's like always a feud so I think what it is, is at least in that area, or maybe like all of the underground solitary fae and like earthly ones at the time are controlled by the Unseelie Court, who have killed their friend Gristle, so Spike and Ludie Lou have become a part of a plan with the other solitary fae that when like the renewal of the contract comes up for who's going to control them, they're going to um, mess it up. <laughs> sabotage yeah I'm having a lot of trouble with words um so the way that they devise to do this is to re first of all reveal to Kay that she's a pixie so she's been kind of doing some weird magical stuff this whole time and then they tell her and they're like okay makes sense um and they're like but you're gonna stay in the human glamour 
and we're going to let you be taken as the sacrifice to seal the deal. And when they're about to kill you, we're going to reveal that you are a fairy and it's going to look like the unsealy queen tried to kill a fairy instead of a human. And then she's going to be, there's going to be a coup. Overly complicated plan, if you ask me. So Kay is like, screw you guys. I hate high school. And <laughs> she wants to see her pixie self. So... I have some issues with this part. <laughs> they tell her a bunch of different ways that you can take off a glamour, which are like eating rowan berries or looking at yourself through a hole in a stone that has a natural hole in it or just touching a four-leaf clover, <clears throat> which is the one that she chooses. And she's like looking and looking, even though it's nighttime. And then she <laughs> just rolls around in a bunch of clovers until she accidentally touches a four-leaf <laughs> one. So how has that not happened before? <laughs> Yeah. How many four-leaf clovers have you encountered in your life? None? One. Oh, okay. Not in real, though. Like, just a little, like, in glass. Like a St. Patrick's Day type. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've seen a bunch, but I've been looking. I haven't. (laughs) I used to spend hours. (laughs) Um, Well, okay. I guess it's not that surprising, then. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're living in the Burbs or Philly, you're probably not going to encounter a lot. That's true. And I feel like the likelihood of the four-leaf clover next to the magical wood where all the fairies live is higher. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, fair. Solved it. (laughs) Um, So then all of her skin starts peeling off and it's gross. And she's like, shit, what do I do? She's really freaked out. Underneath her skin's all green and mossy. And the color of moss, not actually (laughs) mossy. And she doesn't know what to do. So she, I think she's going to find Janet. She's like, at least now she'll freaking believe me. (laughs) But she runs into Corny instead. And Corny is immediately like, this is my shit. (laughs) He's like, I wanted something magical to happen forever. And he keeps being like, we're staying together now. You're never leaving me. I'm going to be a part of this, whether anyone likes it or not. So, all of her freaking skin peels off, including over her eyeballs. Yeah, I remember being really traumatized by that bit, too. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then the final thing is that her back is, like, itching, and then Corny goes, and, like, he's like, take off your shirt. And then there's, like, they do a funny, like, bit back and forth where she, like, is about to be like, don't look, and he's like, don't even go there. (laughs) And then he looks at her back, and this is the most traumatic thing in the world, Because it seems like at first there's, like, something alive, like, under her skin and, like, white stuff comes out. And Corny's like, fuck this. (laughs) But then it's wings. (laughs) Beautiful wings, you guys. They're runes, Clary. (laughs) Um, And she's a beautiful green pixie with black eyes, still blonde hair, and iridescent wings. I don't... Does it say she's beautiful? I thought... Well, I think she's beautiful. Right. Yeah. But I th- it makes it seem like she's not beautiful. To a human, I don't think so. Yeah. No, I think she's kind of creepy crawly. She's freaked out by herself for sure. And it's also doubly impactful because most of the female characters that we know are already a damn mess and they don't know who they are. But Kay it, like, thinks she's totally, she's like an adult basically. Like she's been taking care of herself, taking care of her mom, 
she thinks she knows her like self as a person and then it's like nah your your hands have an extra <laughs> joint in them now and she's like really creeped out well that's what I kind of like one of the great things about Holly Black is she doesn't write pretty characters mm-hmm. like Valiant <clears throat> yeah um, which we should talk about because it's really good also yeah nobody in Valiant is conventionally attractive um, Corny is super, super not. not yeah um, no offense, Corny. <laughs> Your name is Corny, though. Come on. Um, like, I remember as a kid, like, when that first bit happened, I was, like, kind of salty. I was like, oh, she's not pretty anymore. But then, like, the second and third and fourth and fifth times I read it, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> also, I feel like probably when you read Valiant, because it's much more the theme of the book, is like, that's yeah. not a thing that matters. Um, she is super freaked out by her own self and she's like looking at her hands and like sort of panicking and corny is also a computer expert never mind there's something else that doesn't age well in this book which is that corny is a 2002 computer expert (laughs) so he has like he's really good at live journal they (laughs) one would assume um i don't think there's a mention of tumblr but there probably should be uh they he like she has to she has to use the phone she calls her grandmother just to make an excuse and then she hangs up the phone and then she's like okay you can get on the internet now and i was like <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so it's kind of like in the book that no one wants me to mention which is twilight where she's like t- i just always picture bella like typing with like one finger being like v a and the computer's like doing the modem sound but it's also like just say it um, like all of these books where they go to like look something up and it's like super general like online information so they're trying to look stuff up they accidentally find a bunch of porn, which is hilarious, and they're looking up, like, changelings and fairies, and then Kay realizes she knows how to contact a fairy, but it's the Kelpie. Oh, speaking of Rye. <laughs> I love Rye. <laughs> like, I love Rye whiskey. <laughs> oh. So, Royven should love me. <laughs> Great logic. <laughs> great. It's great. That's right. Um, wait. Oh, yeah. They drink a lot of alcohol in this book. Not... Sorry I made fun of you for your pour. I told you. It's foamy <laughs> as hell. Um, not Roybin, because he's a fancy man. But Kay, like, act- they actually... I like that Holly actually talks about the, like, liquor. Like, it's... You know there's always, like, a scene where it's, like... Everyone was drinking something that looked like fruit punch out of solo cups. She's like, he was holding a handle of tequila in his hand. (laughs) Does she really say that? Yeah, so when she first gets to the old carnival place, she's like, the one of the boys is holding a bottle of tequila. And then Kay is walking around drinking a bottle of bourbon when she finds the horse. Yes, specificity is good. And realistic. Um... So, uh, what was happening before the beer break? Uh, Kelpie. 
Kelpie. Kelpster. What a good hang, uh, cl- <laughs> uh, cliffhanger. <laughs> what a good hang clipper. Uh, so, Corny does a little more Googling, and he's like, um, Kelpie seems super dangerous, and, like, they just <laughs> want to drown humans. Maybe we shouldn't. And she's like, we're going. And he's like, okay. So, he's just stoked to see more magical stuff. So, they go. They call the Kelpie. It's like, hey, um, what if you let me drown you, though? And they're like, mm, no. <laughs> and instead, they make a bargain with it. And it's like, bring me something cool that I will like. And they go back, and they get the carousel horse, and they bring it to the Kelpie. And it's like, this is rad. Thanks a lot, guys. Now I'll teach you how to do magic. Mildly preposterous, but I guess it like comes naturally because she actually is a pixie, and we're used to human characters trying to learn to do stuff. But... Not even a montage, just one scene where he's like, okay, here's how you do magic. And she's like, great, got it. (laughs) And then she's like pretty proficient, like there's not a learning curve. It's nice because it kind of skips over a trope. Yeah. But mildly unbelievable, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. So she's like, great, I can do magic now. And... I don't remember what happens next, but eventually they end up going to find the fairy court. Like, that's their next plan to figure out what's going on with her. Okay. Right? Maybe. I don't know. I got, I've made the mistake of reading the Ironside, too, Mm. so now I'm getting them confused. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because you really could, if you guys want, read Tithe and Ironside back to back, don't recommend that, but they are more like this because they're the same. They're yeah. they're both about K, so it's like a little bit more sequential. Where Valiant like takes a side road for a bit, um, but it like picks up her story yeah. again. Uh, so yeah, somehow I don't know. They go and they find like the hill that the fairies are partying under, as one does. Uh, I like this book because it goes quickly from, like, thing to thing. Like, it's just very economic, and it just shows how great of a writer Holly Black is, like, structurally. Like, some of the books that we like (laughs) um, are good because, like, the world is cool and the characters are great, and that's good, too. But Holly Black has that. Plus, she's a sound, like, solid writer that knows how to, like, work with story structure. So there's nothing wasted. Like, the scene where it covers Janet in the diner scene, and then Roybin just shows up into that scene. Like, there's no, there's no need yeah. for a second scene. Um, so they go to the hill. They find their way in. And then Kay is like, corny stay here and then it's like a doctor who thing where he's like i'll Um, totally stay here (laughs) and she goes inside and it's a traditional fairy revel and it's awesome and like also scary and like everyone's drinking and there's like she sees some murders happen and like (laughs) yeah i don't know there's like lots of creepy fairy food and she sees the unsealy queen and she's like oh she's so pretty let me hide in this corner and listen while people talk to her. 
and she over like she listens to Royben talking to the queen and like kind of learns a little bit about the situation which is that to make like a truce um the Seely and Unseely courts traded their best knights kind of like how people used to send their kids to be wards oh yeah you know what I mean like uh all those kids that got murdered in Game of Thrones spoilers for Game of Thrones (laughs) that in itself is not a real spoiler but yeah, like, you would keep the other court's person, and you wouldn't kill them, and that would be, like, your... Insurance you, that... Yeah, yeah, exactly. You weren't going to attack the other... Because if you attack, they'll kill your yeah. little cousin or whatever. <laughs> Except they did this with their fanciest boys. <laughs> their <laughs> fanciest boys. And, um, Roybin feels really mad and betrayed by this, because he liked being a fancy boy in <laughs> the Seely court, and he's totally, like, now, like, a bitter ex, but at the time was, like, totally in love, like, courtly love, too. Like, he doesn't even care if the Seely Queen loves him back. Like, he just only cares about, like, protecting her and making her happy. And then she's like, you the can energy, have yeah. off <laughs> and, like, go hang out with my evil sister. And he's like, that sucks. Nephamel is the other knight who was traded for Royben. So he is the world's biggest creep and is sent to live in fancy boy land, which he also does not love. So instead of like Roybin being stuck there all the time, he is a damn trickster and is just acting so unpleasant that the Seely Court doesn't want him around. So they constantly send him to like... That the Unseely Court doesn't want him around. No, the Seely Court, um, where he's supposed to be doing his job, yeah. is like, ugh, he's just so yucky. <laughs> that they're like, go take a message to the Unseely Court so that he's not around them. Um, and also like, but he's like trying to do that because he doesn't want to be there anyway. And a lot of people suspect that he's still working for the Unseely Court, but question mark. So, she overhears them all talking. She kind of gets the gist of, like, oh, Royben, like, doesn't want to be here. Like, he is, like, trapped, whatever, and she feels sad for him. And then he basically does the thing where she thinks she's being totally secretive, and then he turns around to leave, and he, like, grabs her and is like, get out of here, what are you thinking? (laughs) Everyone knows that you're hiding right there. And this, to me, is the biggest twist of the entire book which is that Roybin does not recognize her. So, he just sees an annoying pixie. Yeah. And... Oh, I sh- forgot this bit so good. I know, it's so good. And she's like, yes, this rules. Because <laughs> now I'm not in trouble. <laughs> and also, like, she has the upper hand kind of in the situation now, especially if she's going to go with Ludi Lu and Spike's plan, because she would have been blown if he found out that she was a fairy. So, also on her way out, she tricks him into kissing her. So, good job, Kay. Um, and he, just a little peck. And then he's like, now get the F out of here. And he kicks her out. And she's like, shit, where's Corny? And then she immediately oh, is man. like, he's definitely under the ground partying with the fairies. So, she can't get him out. She can't get back in. She's like, hopefully, like it will open again at nighttime. So she goes home to wait for the door to open again. Corny 
wakes up with some kind of cliffhanger. <laughs> he's laying on top of the hill. He pukes and he goes home and then he's like, that was the best ever. <laughs> like he's kind of for a second like I'm never drinking again. But then he's like, but I definitely am. <laughs> and he calls Kay and she's like, thank God you're alive. I was going to come back and try to get in again tonight. What happened? He's like, I'll just come over. So he comes over and he has all these scratches on his arms. And it's because yeah. he's been making out with the creepest of creeps, Nephamel. Who, I don't have a good picture of him in my head either. either. Just pieces. So he wears an iron circlet on his head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like Raphael in the Mortal Instruments books where he wears a cross, but he's a vampire, so it's always burning him. So he has like a scar. Does anyone remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's always <laughs> gazing longingly into the night looking for fairies. <laughs> it's fine. That's why we podcast facing the window in case something magical happens. Uh, so Nothing magical is happening at your neighbors over here. I've been watching. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the most boring rear window mm. situation possible. Yeah. Sometimes people are naked. Uh, so... Wait, other the other important detail about Nephamel is that he it's not really that important, but he wears a cloak of thorns. So inside the cloak there are like thorns like in an iron maiden. So that's why Courtney's all scratched up. And he says something like, I got inside the cloak or something. <laughs> and him and Kara are like, Oh, you're so bad. Um I love their friendship. It makes me happy. So he is, like, determined to see Nephamel again. And Kay is, like, conf- a little confused. It's a little out of her depth, the whole, like, masochism thing. And it's also, like, that's pretty weighty for this book. Like, he's, like, trying to explain it to her and being like, no, but I liked it. And she's like, but, but you're all yeah. bloody. And he's like, <laughs> <Nah>. no. <laughs> so... Slightly out of case depth for the moment, um, but an important theme of the whole series. Uh, so now they're like both motivated to get back in and to like be involved with this whole power struggle that's happening. Are we there yet? <laughs> what are you talking about? A rave. There's a rave? Yeah. I think it's in Ironside. No, the rave's definitely in this one. Because that's where Janet... (laughs) Janet dies? (laughs) Oh, no. I didn't finish it today, (laughs) Shelby. How can all of this happen in, like, 12 pages that I thought I had left? I'm not upset because... Spoilers for everything. (laughs) I'm just upset with myself. Okay. So I read up to (laughs) page 258. There are 331 pages (laughs) in this book. So I guess that actually is a Mm -hmm. lot. Doesn't that not look like Yeah, but I mean, that's all the... Okay. Sorry. No, 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 you're right. That just happened. But it happens after the ceremony. So... 
there's this there's supposed to be this ceremony where they reestablish that the unsealy court's yeah, in okay, charge okay. and Kay is supposed to pretend to be human so she's is totally trusting of Ludie Lou and Spike and like a couple people ask her like Corny asks her Roybin asks her they're like are you sure this is like these are your friends and every time she's like unfailingly like yes I've known them my entire life like they would never put me in danger and for us fairy experts were like they also can't lie um <laughs> so they tell her that Nephemel is their ally and because he's unhappy with the deal so he's gonna take off her glamour at the last second so Kay is basically like okie dokie and just goes with them and she goes to the fairy world and is like okay I'm gonna get sacrificed now <laughs> And then, once she's chained up and the unsealy queen's about to stab her in the heart, she's like, oh, fudge. <laughs> she's like, I don't think that anyone's coming to save me because I can see Nephemel over there making out with Corny, so great. <laughs> and Roybin had earlier told her a riddle, and then he's, I actually like think this scene is really funny because she's like, he's looking at me like angrily. And she's like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to solve that riddle from a few minutes ago. And the riddle is, what belongs to you, but others use it more than you. And she's like, then she's like, kind of like busy being scared of getting murdered. And then she like looks back over and he's like glaring. At her. <laughs> and I just think that's really funny. Like, as you get to know his character, that's very classic Roy Ben. <laughs> and being like, god damn it. <laughs> uh, so. Do you know the answer to the riddle? I don't remember. Do you want to try to guess it? No. Okay. It's your name. So, there are two riddles in this book, and they're both lame as hell, so don't worry. It's fine. Uh, so, she figures it out, and she's like, oh, he wants me to use his name because he has to do what the Unsealy Queen says, but he also has to do what I say. So she's like, help me out, bro. <laughs> and he, like, cuts her free, and they, like, he's fighting, and she realizes that in telling her that, he was going to sacrifice himself. And then she's like, run! And then he has to run. So they run away, but he's super mad for a second. And they go back to the house, and he's all wounded and stuff. And he's like, just tell me that I can leave, and I'll leave. Like, he's pissed. And she's like, "This is." I think this is the only time, like, not in an emergency situation where she's she like, uses, yeah. she uses it. She's like, you have to stay just for the night. Like, I just want to, like, make sure that you're going to live and you're fine and, like, talk to you, and then you can leave. So then they have a super cute scene where they go, and they sleep in her room, and he's sleeping on the mattress on the floor, and she's sleeping <laughs> on the box spring. And, like, he's cute and stuff. <laughs> and then she falls asleep, and she wakes up, and he's gone. And she's like, oh, I said that he could leave when it was nighttime. And then she goes downstairs, and he's hanging out with her mom watching TV. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> it's so good, you guys. And he's like, hey, babe, what's up? <laughs> Not really. But... They, like, start talking, and she's, like, glad that he's there, and they're kind of smiling at each other, and then she's, like, I'm just glad it's over, and he's, like, bitch, what? He's, like, no, 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 like, things are bad, 
And then her mom calls her in to look at the news, and everything is chaos. Like, there, people think there are bear attacks, but we know that it's fairy attacks. Kids are getting snatched. Like, Well, yeah, because the whole thing is, since it wasn't, like, the ceremony wasn't completed yet, <laughs> that the solitary fair rogue as fuck. Right, which she did not anticipate. And Royman has a really good line where he's like, that's just like generally good advice for the world. It's something like uh, you think like in these absolutes where like if you if you know fairies and they're They're good good. and wise, all fairies must be good and wise. And she's like, oh shit, you're right. And so they see all this stuff on the news and they're about to start figuring out what to do when Janet calls. And she says that they're going to the pier. And Kay's like, please don't go. Have you seen the news? That's where the rave is. It's all coming (laughs) together now. And she says, actually, we're going to a rave. (laughs) I just read this. I swear to you, I read this 20 minutes ago. I read this two hours ago. Um, And then she's also like, by the way, Corny's been missing for 24 hours. And so Kay and Roybin are like, shit. And they know that Corny's still under the hill. The Fae are going rogue, and they still have to fix a bunch of stuff. So then they go to the Thistle Witch, who's one of the solitary Fae that she knows, to try to find out what's going on. And that's where I stopped my reread today. (laughs) But, moral of the story is, they go to a rave. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? Um, And then, I think Kay takes... Janet's boyfriend aside to because now she knows why that situation was happening between them so Mm -hmm. she goes to apologize and like to him I think and then meanwhile Janet goes off with the Kelpie who's disgused as a human no yeah and he's really cute he's really hot no (laughs) and she's mad because she sees Kay with Kenny so she thinks they're making out so she goes to make out with a fucking kelpie (laughs) okay and then and then kate gets there but not in time but she like convinces the kelpie to give her the body back what yeah that sucks it's really dark that is really dark and then i do now that you're bringing it up i remember courtney being really fucked up about it in the other books like he's already in a bad situation somehow they get corny back Right? Yeah. I didn't... That was not in the... <laughs> I'll just skim to a page and see if it tells us. Mm-hmm. This is flirting. More flirting. Oh, some torture. Okay, yeah. So they get corny back. I'm not exactly sure how it happens. And do they fix the... So that whole ceremony thing is called the tithe. <laughs> Which is the name of the book. It was also really funny, like, Googling tithe, and then you get, like, all this church stuff, and then oh, yeah. crazy fairy stuff, and then church stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't select anybody to contact about fan art yet, but there's some good there's fan some art good out stuff. there. Um there's one, I saw a whole blog that was just, kiss my ass. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay, wait, now I really want to figure out if 
Hmm. I want to figure out, do they figure out... Oh, okay, yeah. So, the end of this is that the only way for them to fix things is that Roybin takes over the court. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He becomes... And ties the... And do they accept... This would make sense, but I don't know if it's true. Do they accept Janet as the, like, sacrifice? Because otherwise they have to kill another Another human. I don't know. Somehow they manage it through trickery. (laughs) Through trickery, they manage to seal everybody to Roybin. And then there's more courtly mishaps in the following Mm -hmm. books. Like, more, like, court politics. Lots of court politics. There's a whole... uh, Spoiler alert for the Cruel Prince. um, There's a whole Kay and Roybin scene. What? Why haven't I read it yet? <laughs> I've been telling you. It's good. It's so good. Um, oh God, yeah. It's interesting because it's much more of the journeys kind of that we've been talking about where it's a human who's in fairy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, again, like Holly Black does so well, like a subversion of that like trope. So, uh, yeah, actually... I the main thematic thing that I wanted to talk about with this book is that twist where he doesn't know that she's a fairy. So it kind of starts out with her saving him when they first meet. So like he basically is like, I'm gonna die and that's fine, I guess. Um, and she saves him, which is already a reversal of the stuff that we're used to. And then because she knows about the secret plot and he doesn't know and he thinks she's just a human he like is this really crazy powerful knight a fairy but really like Kay has a lot of the power in the plot of the book and it's really cool how it's done and there's not to my memory because it's like a fine line that you have to walk without screwing up the love story because he still is falling in love with her when he thinks she's a human but there are a couple times when he's like she's a like poor defenseless human basically like he kisses her one time and he pulls away and he feels bad because he's like she's in 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 snarled (laughs) is enchanted the word that I've been looking for this whole freaking podcast (laughs) well good night (laughs) um yeah so he's he's like feeling bad and like he is like let like letting her be in this whole world that's too like dark and bad for her and he doesn't know that she belongs there and she is like feeling bad for lying to him but like i have to control the part of the situation i can control and i just really liked that that was reversed and I don't think I've appreciated it as much as I did this time even like a couple years ago um on that note too the BuzzFeed article I read today said who run the fairy underworld girls with a gif of Beyonce yeah it's totally true oh my (laughs) god guys what about a movie where Beyonce plays both the queens (laughs) that would be yeah that's so good oh man okay um so i have a question rereading it did you 
were you annoyed with like Royben's protectiveness or did he hold up? Because I know for like me sometimes reading books that I read that I liked that aspect, now I hate that aspect of the character. So I was concerned about this and actually he is even meaner <laughs> than we thought and it's awesome right, because good. one, it's more realistic for him to be that way. Because he's a fairy. And he's also, like, had to murder a bunch of people. And he's super traumatized about it. And two, he's never... Every time that he... I Because I was, one, worried about that. And it's never... I never was worried that it was going to be gushy. Because we know that yeah. that's not the type of romance that they have. But I was also worried it was going to go the other day, other way. Where now sometimes I read books... Twilight, where you're like, oh, that's that's problematic. (laughs) All right. This is not like that. Um, there, it just seems like every time that he's being really harsh with her, he, um, is like, tell, is just straight up telling her the truth. Like he is like giving her harsh, real things. One thing that could be problematic that I don't think is addressed in this book, at least not as far as I got today. Um, usually we have a situation in these where the fairy is like a hundred years yeah, old. Yeah, I was going to say that each Like a Malik kind of <laughs> yeah. issue, which has never been satisfyingly resolved, <laughs> by the way. Um, so uh, I can't find the part... But there's a part where she's, like, trying to explain that she didn't know. (laughs) That was the sound of me slamming the book down aggressively. (laughs) Sorry. Um, There's a part where she's trying to explain to him, like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't come and save you on purpose Purpose, to get your your name. And, yeah, I remember he was salty immediately when he found out that she was pixie yes because when she comes up to him and he's like bleeding on the ground he's like you're this is a trap and like you're actually here to like finish me off and she's like nah (laughs) and so she she finally gets to explain it to him and while he's still angry he she is like explaining it and he's like someday someone's gonna cut that tricky tongue out of your head like he literally says shit Okay, well, paraphrase, but he <laughs> basically says that. So it's very, like, dark, very, like, attitude stuff. But in that, he's, like, responding, honestly, like, to, like, he's angry at her in the situation. And also, I like that scene a lot because they, that is, like, very genuine. Like, it's not like they fall into each other's arms after she explains. He's, like, still mad when they go to bed. And, like, he, like, sleeps on it, and then he wakes up, and he, like, understands and is, like, I'm really glad that I stayed, and I'm glad that you explained it to me. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> Do you have any other discussion points? Um, just that Holly Black's son's name is Sebastian. <laughs> what? That's wild. <laughs> So, Cassandra Clare even is stealing her friend's children's names. (laughs) Like, poor Holly Black having to read the moral (laughs) instruments. Oh my god. Um, P.S. Also, Sebastian 
is more like Jace than Jace. <laughs> By which I just mean angular faced uh-huh. and has a British accent in, in the Shadowhunters show. So, you know, at least they know what the people want. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I do have something really great. Yay! Um, you can buy Wrath Royben Rye tea online. What does that mean? <laughs> it's just tea, but the tagline is not quite what you'd expect. <laughs> what? Oh my god, I love all the Ma- weird Maybe merch. we should reach out to that person. <laughs> maybe, Shelby, I love where your head's at. You're getting it. Um, also, maybe we should start doing featured insane merch. Because, like, yeah, like the, the candles. <laughs> I know, that is something I should have linked in the... Honestly, I don't think anyone's reading the stuff that I posted <laughs> on the blog, so it's fine, but it's, like, a good way for me to organize my thoughts. And I think that the fan art thing is cool to, like, yeah. signal boost for other people. Um, yeah, speaking of which, I wanted to do a podcast recommendation. Um, if you guys like YA, but you also like other stuff, which I've never heard of... <laughs> Um, not the specific other stuff. I've never heard of liking other stuff. Um, there's a really great podcast called For the Plot. And, uh, these two ladies discuss, like, the stuff that you say, like, oh, I'm reading it for the plot. Like, that's the, the concept. So it's very, like, broad and they talk about movies and books and different fandoms. And, uh, if you like this kind of stuff... They don't really cover a lot of YA books, but they make a lot of YA references, and they totally get the, like, fandom thing. So that's my recommendation this week, as well as uh, The Cruel Prince. Any suggestos from Shelby? Anything you're reading or... I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think I'm probably about to read The Cruel Prince. (sighs) Yeah, I think you should. If you're going to read I'll Be Gone in the Dark... Yeah, I'm also gonna read that. Then Maybe I'll wanna, <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say. Shuffle between the, the two. The Cool Prince is not not dark, but it's way less well, dark than that. It's also not real, it's, so. Is it? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that's what we got. If you guys would like to come and talk to us about a book, if you'd like to just email back and forth with us casually about a book, or if you have a suggestion, you can reach us at youngadultaf at gmail.com. The aforementioned website that no one is reading is um, <laughs> youngadultaf at dot, no. It's just youngadultaf.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, at something? Um, and then we're at Young Adult AF on Twitter and Instagram as well. Yeah. yeah. Thank you to Spumoni for our mm-hmm. theme song. They are a Hey Arnold themed band that <laughs> does not really participate in social media. So just type it into YouTube and uh, <laughs> hope that it <laughs> works out. <laughs> and thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you um, to the Divines. Thank you to <laughs> Divines. For putting up with our request to find fairy-themed beer. <laughs> First description we used was urban fantasy, and I think the guy was really weirded out more by that. <laughs> he said, it depends on who you ask what urban is. 
No, he said it depends on what you, how you define Define your urban urban fantasy. But I think he thought we meant like a sex thing. (laughs) And then we had to be like, no, so, you know, we're just thinking about fairies. (laughs) We're not at all interested in flavors or quality of beer. And then we just found like three and we just went off on a tangent. (laughs) Anyway. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, Divines. Thank you, Divines. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Feel free to send us stuff, uh, beer recommendations. Yeah, we're into that, too. Yeah. Uh, we love you guys. Yeah. You're the ship. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Oh, oh, I got it. <laughs> Roybin. <Rathroyben>, bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>